Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thanks for listening to the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzik. Rio Nido, one of the finest jazz groups of the last 40 years to come out of the Twin Cities, is reuniting for a couple of special shows on Friday, December 11th at the Dakota Jazz Club in downtown Minneapolis. The original acoustic trio featuring vocalist Prudence Johnson and guitarist Tim Sparks and Tom Lieberman will perform two shows, one at 7 p.m. and one at 9 p.m. Advanced tickets are highly recommended. The Dakota Jazz Club is located at 1010 Nicollet Avenue in downtown Minneapolis, and the phone number is 612-332-1010. My guest in the studio this evening is guitarist Tim Sparks, one of the prime movers of Rio Nido. He brought his guitar along as well, and we couldn't be happier about that. We're going to talk Tim Sparks, Tom Lieberman, and Rio Nido, but first of all, I'd like to welcome my old friend, Tim Sparks. Tim, good to see you. Good to see you too, Paul. That's a beautiful guitar. Play us just a little bit. As you sounded so good warming up, I just kind of want to get that uh, Hoffman guitar magic going. Mama tried. When did you start working on that tune? I've been working on this tune about a year. Um, I started playing a semi-regular gig at the Ice House with bass player James Buckley. And I've been uh, working up a new repertoire eventually to, to be a record. And I'm kind of into country and, and roots music sounds. Well, you had uh, some of that that type of material on your last record, Chasing the Boogie. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of just following through the with the momentum from that. Yeah, well, that was, uh, it's been almost a year, if not a little more, since we had you in the studio. And uh, when you do gigs, you got to hop on a plane or in a, uh, in a bus and travel for a while to get there. But you were telling me earlier about your uh, uh, shows in Italy this spring. Tell us about that. I uh, played at the Acoustic Guitar Meeting, which is a really great festival in Sarzana, Italy which is on a little town, Sarzana's right on the uh, coast of Liguria, on the uh, west coast of Italy, kind of on the border of Liguria and Tuscany. And uh, it's a terrific three-day festival that takes place in a, in a castle. I Ooh. mean, it's just ridiculous. You know, they give wow. you your, uh, your voucher for your meal, and you go and you have, like, unbelievably good seafood pasta. You I know. bet. The, uh, I was there with Alex Degrassi. We, uh, we, uh, I did a solo set, then I invited Alex up and we did some duo tunes. It was really fun to uh, play with him. I uh, became familiar with Alex Degrassi, uh, geez, in the early 80s when Win- the Wyndham Hill record label that I think was one of the, the main guys was a pianist, George Winston. But it had Will Ackerman, a guitar player, I think, is a friend of yours, and Alex Degrassi. Uh, really, uh, Besides, the, you know, if you looked at the 70s as being John Fahey, Leo Kotke, and Peter Lang, uh, the 80s was really Wyndham Hill had a lot to do to expand uh, the reach of the consciousness of music lovers of the acoustic guitar. It certainly did, and uh, Alex is a really terrific guy, and we had a great time getting together and playing and hanging out and drinking lots of wine, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember... When uh, when I met, you know, you were one of the first guys I met in 1978 when I moved to Minneapolis. And, uh, man, it was like a kid in a candy store with the guitar players that you could uh, learn from and hang out with, you know, yourself and Dakota Dave Hall and, and Tim Hennessy and the Hauser brothers. And I remember meeting a... a Duck Baker threw you when Duck came to town. I took a couple of lessons with him. How's Duck doing now? I'm- Duck's living in the UK, uh, outside of London. Uh, currently, I saw on a recent Facebook post he's in Italy recording a new CD. Oh, nice. And, uh, yeah, those are great days. Uh, all the music uh, was kind of concentrated in the West Bank. Yeah, it sure was. Uh, you know, you, there was like five or six uh, music venues within like a uh, hundred meters of each other, and four bars, yeah. stone store from each other. Well, you know, they used to call the New Riverside Cafe the biomagnetic center of the universe, and in a way, musically, it was. Yeah, I remember uh, uh, playing at the at the Riv and. 
you know, it's a lot to do with uh, Rio Nito's original, you know, genesis coming out of that scene. Yeah, well, let's talk about Rio Nito, Prudence Johnson, Tim Sparks, and Tom Lieberman. And I remember seeing you guys at the New Riverside. I've been following you guys now for, well, it'll be going on almost 40 years when, when I come down to see you on Friday, December 11th at the Dakota Jazz Club. But tell us, how did uh, Rio Nito actually form and start working on that great uh, vocalese material? Well, we were introduced by um, different people. I think uh, there was a guy, Blueberry Bill. Sure. Had a, had a radio show. Uh, Blueberry Bill Hood. That uh, featured all of uh, the me- people from the Minneapolis-St. Paul music scene. On uh, KDWB. Yeah. Southern so he, we'd all You'd go over to his house, and he'd set up a little studio and tape uh, live music and everything, just like we're doing. And, right. Uh, so he introduced me to Tom Lieberman, and... I believe it was Willie Murphy that introduced me and Tom to Prudence. Okay. What year was that, Tim? Well, it must have been uh, 77, 76, something like that, because right. I think I, we recorded I Like to Riff in 78. So uh, sometime about around that time, and uh, we uh, started playing. We played a lot of benefits on the West Bank and played at the Riff and so forth. Well, if you played on the West Bank, you played a lot of benefits. We eventually got hooked up with uh, this agent who who booked us into the uh, the Holiday Inn in the old Cap Towers, which is a really cool venue that was at the top of this uh, high rise downtown on Nicollet Mall. And uh, the uh, it looked like something Buckminster Fuller yeah, would have would have designed. The roof was a geodesic dome, yeah, and right. there was a fireplace in the middle. And very uh, cool. And and we played there, and it was. We had a long, long stand there, like you know, five or six nights a week for right. several months. And I remember um, all these different bands would, that would come and hang out with us that would come through town, and they'd sit in and play like Tower of Power and uh, Southside Johnny and right. Johnny Mathis w- would come down and listen to us. Oh, he, cool. he apparently really liked the band, and uh, that, was, that was a pretty, pretty heady experience. Well, you guys could work kind of both sides of the street because it was, you know, you were, you know, kind of came of age musically with each other on the West Bank. But you were a band that could go out and, and play to suits. You know, you could play a little more, I don't want to say sophisticated rooms. You, you were playing sophisticated music, but you certainly crossed over into uh, an audience that, that had some disposable income and would like to enjoy a night of music drinks and yeah and also we, we we were really into to reviving these these cool old uh tunes from this repertoire from the from early jazz from the 20s 30s and 40s and so uh there's a kind of multi-generational aspect right. to it too yeah absolutely so who came up uh with the idea of we're going to uh you know perform cats the fiddle tunes or uh, Lambert's Hendricks and Ross uh, type of material? Well, Willie Murphy, uh, he was a mentor to many, many musicians. Mm-hmm. Still is. Yeah. And uh, he, you know, suggested things he thought would be cool for us to do. He actually played bass on our on I Like to Riff on hmm. a number of the tracks, upright bass. Um, also, uh, just digging around in record stores. You, you, could, you know, back in the day when you went to a record shop right. and flipped through the, sure. the LPs and the... Well, you had the Wax Museum right across from the rib at the That's time, right. so you didn't have to go far. The uh, That was an era where there was quite a lot of reissues underway. Right. Uh, there was the Stash record label and RCA and Bluebird. There were all these different uh, series that were reissuing compilations of all those 78s. And so it was a pretty good time to have available all that, all that kind of music. Right. Do you remember the first tune you learned in that, that 30s and 40s vocalist style? And you said, man, we're on to something here? Well, uh, discovering the cats and the fiddle was really, uh, really, uh, that was kind of really a the light bulb went on there because right. it was so natural playing with, with acoustic guitars and it, it the, the swing was really great. I mean, I had really liked, um, oh God, I can't think of his name now. Tiny Grimes. Well, yeah, I liked him. I was, I was learning, trying to play Charlie Parker tunes and right. Tiny Grimes did some great early recordings of Tommy Grimes. I, um, I was thinking of Dan Hicks and his hot looks. Oh yeah, sure. And, um, then I kind how, of how can I miss you when you won't go away? Yeah, <laughs> the um, just just finding these original kind of uh, 
renditions of uh, these artists was it was like suddenly stumbling across the diamonds or gold in a right, you know right on a desert island so like wow what is this you know yeah well i remember you know you you were covering a lot of bases back then i'm with uh, tim sparks guitarist uh, for rio nito rio nito is going to be playing on friday december 11th at the dakota jazz club downtown uh, sparky's also doing a show with tom lieberman with uh, Luke, the Uke, uh, the following week at the Bright Lake Bowl that we're going to be, uh, talking about as well. Uh, Tim Sparks is one of my favorite, uh, guitar, guitarists in the world. I, and I, and I don't mean to embarrass you here, uh, Tim, but I, I really think you're one of the best fingerstyle steel string guitar players, uh, anywhere. And uh, it's really a, a pleasure having you on the Wall and Power Radio Hour. Why don't you uh, play us something fun to take us out uh, to the next set on the Wall and Power Radio Hour? Tim Sparks on guitar. source of the Twin Cities Gay Scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. They have energy-efficient products available for both residential and commercial properties. This spring, when we needed a company to take a look at a problem with our roof, I called the company I knew I could trust, Snap Construction. I've known Ryan, the owner at Snap Construction, for years, so I knew I could trust him. Don't just take my word for it. Check out their reviews online. They are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor online in the metro area. Over the years, Ryan has always said the same thing to me about his work. If we build it, shouldn't we be held accountable for the work indefinitely? He backed that statement up years ago when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trusts Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP, or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available. The Seward Co-op Creamery Cafe is ready for the cold, serving seasonal dishes using locally sourced ingredients, Minnesota craft beers, and organic wines. Their delicious vegetarian, vegan, and omnivorous menu options are sure to satisfy. New items include the cauliflower po'boy, harvest chili, braised beef tostada, and the pork banh mi, as well as rotating seasonal vegetables and pasta. Sustaining a healthy community, you will find Seward Co-op Creamery Cafe at 2601 East Franklin Avenue in Minneapolis and online at coopcreamery.coop. I'm Wendy Jones, Executive Director of Minnesota Recovery Connection, inviting everyone to join us for the annual Walk for Recovery on Saturday, September 15th from 9 to 1 at Lake of the Isles in Minneapolis. People can and do recover from substance use disorder. We need you to help us break the stigma of addiction and show the world that recovery works. There will be a DJ, live music, food trucks, a photo booth, and activities for the kids from 9 to 1, and the walk around Lake of the Isles starts at 11. Sign up today. There is no registration fee. Take this opportunity to invest in recovery and donate to the walk. Your financial support helps Minnesota Recovery Connection strengthen the recovery community through peer-to-peer support, public education, and advocacy. Most importantly, though, please join us for the walk and put a face on recovery. Bring your friends and family to Lake of the Isles on Saturday, September 15th to celebrate recovery. To register, visit walk.minnesotarecovery.org. 
That was Tim Sparks on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzer. Tim is nice enough to bring his uh, beautiful Hoffman six-string uh, steel-string guitar in to the studio today. He's got a show coming up with Rio Nito on Friday, December 11th at the Dakota, and a show the week after that with Tommy Lieberman and Luke the Uke at the Bright Lake Bowl. We were talking a little bit on the break, Tim, about a friend of both of ours that passed away uh, a couple of months ago named Billy Hallquist, and uh, and how all of us actually kind of did some of our first radio appearances in the Twin Cities on Blueberry, uh, the Blueberry Bell Show on KDWB on Sunday nights. But tell us a little bit about uh, the ensemble you had with Billy Hallquist. I uh, worked with uh, Billy Hallquist and uh, Janet Belke who uh, was a great singer. She had been in the Chad Mitchell Trio. And uh, we played uh, in a lot of venues in this time period, which had been like mid-70s. Uh, there were lots of uh, folk acoustic venues and uh, country rock, acoustic right. country rock venues, um, like Williams Pub and uh, Tim Penny, too. So anyway, uh, uh, we had a pretty interesting group, uh, I remember Billy. He liked to do it. He, we did a lot of Eagles tunes. And, sure, uh, JD Souther tunes. Yeah, and then Billy wrote really great tunes. Also, mm -hmm. so he had a lot of originals, and he put out his own album at that time, and that went on for a few years. And uh, it was kind of a prototype for the Reunito formula because it's a very similar formula to to acoustic guitars singing and then one one vocalist. And right. So that's kind of maybe set a pattern that I found in Tom and. Prudence, um, you know, a different kind of mindset that was a little more adventurous in playing this right. this uh, retro jazz music I was so enamored of. You know, back then there was this great band, uh, the Wolverines Classic sure. Jazz Orchestra with Ted Unseth. That's right. And they had a, they had a wonderful gig at the uh, what was the place in the St. Paul the hotel the Commodore that just reopened. Yeah, that that was the hotel where uh, where Scott Fitzgerald and his wife Zelda used to hang out and go crazy. And I suppose and so. Um, they were doing a really great retro kind of thing. I don't know if anybody else in the United States was doing what they were doing mm -hmm. at that particular point. And um, I remember going down uh, downtown Minneapolis on uh, First Avenue in the warehouse district, maybe a block away from where the Target Center is now. There used to be in that warehouse. There was a bunch of old stores and stuff, but you'd go up there, and uh, there was a guy who had a place called Pyramid Records. I remember that. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and he had really specialized in very right. obscure LPs, you know. He was on First Avenue, kind of right around that Butler Square area. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Heinies. Yeah. Did that turn into Heinies eventually? Maybe. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think so. So um, so I, I'd go up there and, and look for... for this kind of music, I was I was seeing these old films, you know, all these Busby Berkeley movies and things. And right, it was all kind of a process of discovery. Yeah, well, that uh, and two, uh, apart from all the clubs that the local musicians were playing, you had you know Williams Pub and the AQ that had. You know, the great nationally and internationally recognized jazz musicians coming through. I remember uh, going to see, just at the Artist Court of 26th and Nicolette, Joe Pass, Charlie Bird, Tal Farlow. Mm -hmm. uh, incredible. You must have seen some great shows back in the day as well. Do you remember any? Oh, man. I remember one show in particular. I don't know why they did it, but they, they brought in Charles Mingus uh, and uh, his band. It was someplace out in uh, Shakopee or something, yeah. wasn't it? Doc, like Doc Holidays. Yeah, it was like a, it was like a, a country rock bar, right? And then some agency or somebody brought him in, and it was his birthday. They actually made him a birthday cake. Wow! And uh, what well, was a fantastic man? I mean, Danny Richmond, a drummer, and uh, um, how surreal though at that place. Yeah, and the uh, and the, he also played some soul piano stuff. You know, it was that was an incredible show. Hmm. I remember seeing Earl Hines at, at the Longhorn. Longhorn was a terrific, terrific. Oh yeah, music. not just for it, it became known as a progressive rock place, but uh, it it got started doing jazz. I remember seeing Dexter Gordon there mm -hmm. at the Longhorn and. Pat Matheny in like 1978 or 79 when he had this that great quartet that he really broke out with. Yeah. Now you were came up here from Carolina, from North Carolina. Yeah, yeah and uh, but but you started playing like a lot of us as a kid. 
Yes. And then you, but you took it very seriously. And tell us about your your early uh, guitar awakenings. As well, we I was self-taught playing blues and country music and gospel and bluegrass. And then I got a scholarship through the help of an uncle to study classical guitar while in high school at the North Coast School of the Arts. So that like pushed me in a whole different understanding of guitar music and music in general. And while there, um, I, uh, I kind of discovered the music of Fats Waller in particular, and I saw in jazz this kind of meeting place of the of the roots and blues feeling with the language of classical music. Mm-hmm. And jazz was like the perfect the perfect kind bridge. of bridge of those two things. And right away, that started to really attract me. And it wasn't long after that I met Duck Baker, who was living in Winston-Salem for a while, and he was playing everything. Space jazz and Zappa and right. my son Robert, also Scottish fiddle tunes and and Jelly Roll Morton and Ragtime. So and pri- primarily, Duck played on a nylon string guitar, yeah. right? So he gave me a kind of a. I could see he had this horizon. I, but you got to understand, in guitar music back then. We live in a very eclectic era now, but back then you had you know guitarists of different genres kind of didn't pay attention to each other, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, and so he was one of the early guitarists, Duck, and I think of also Lenny Bro. You know who? Yeah, who really uh, were postmodern, who was who kind of freely played everything and, and built a vocabulary out of that. Right. Well, Lenny Bro, also one of my my favorite guitar players, really kind of brought into the national consciousness via Chet Atkins, who was a big fan of Lenny's. Yeah. Also, also in the Twin Cities at that time, I got to say was Mike Elliott. Right. Who, right. Let's uh, not forget Mike. You know, he was a, an amazing guitar player that that, that everybody you know, at my age, you know, would go and see and be completely with natural life at the upstairs at the Longhorn. Yeah. Tim, we've got about another minute here. Take us out with uh, just whatever you want to play, man. Whatever you want to play, I'm here to listen. Tim Sparks on the Wall of Power Radio Hour. on the Wall of Power Radio Hour after these messages. Hi, it's Tom Harbin. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and designed jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. It's grilling season and Vinaigrette has some sizzling recipes to inspire you. How about summertime grilled fajitas? Just create a marinade with our golden balsamic or champagne vinegar and chili garlic or jalapeno olive oil and marinade beef or chicken. Add red onions, red, green, and yellow peppers and throw them on the grill. Or try grilled steak brushed with our truffle or garlic olive oil. Visit us at 50th and Xerxes in South Minneapolis and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior or online at vinaigrettemn.com. The number one source of the Twin Cities Gay Scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities Gay Scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ Media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. Hi, this is Laura Headland with Food Freedom Radio. We want a regenerative revolution. What's that? 
It's a food system that works for water, soil, pollinators, and people. How do we get it? Maybe by being a little more lazy. So this summer, we're looking for lazy good food recipes. We're talking about how do we create a sane, kind food system. Food Freedom Radio, Saturdays at 8 a.m. or anytime on podcast. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. Hundreds of thousands of veterans have taken off their uniforms and put them away, carefully packed and safely stowed. But for some veterans, the uniform isn't so easily removed. The emotions experienced while serving continue to weigh on them. Life after service is different. Many veterans find transitioning difficult, and daily life is no longer as enjoyable as it once was. Some feel overwhelmed and lost. But that uncertainty doesn't take away from their strength and courage, nor does it take away from the sense of duty veterans carry with them. The transition from service is different for everyone. If you are a veteran going through a difficult time, or no one who is, the power of one person, one connection, one act of compassion can make a difference. For free 24-7 confidential support, call the Veterans Crisis Line at 1-800-273-8255 and press 1 or visit VeteransCrisisLine.net. It's 6.42 p.m. Time for Steve Plato and his son Dylan to do the dishes. They talk about everything from the yuckiness of girls to the awesomeness of his soccer team. Sometimes they don't talk at all. Then, the dreaded splash fight. It's dad o'clock, and it's the best time of the day. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Hi, you're back with the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metzah. My guest in studio for the whole show tonight is Mr. Tim Sparks, guitarist extraordinaire. We just listened to a cut called I Like to Riff from the record I Like to Riff by Tim's band Rio Nito, who will be doing a reunion gig on Friday, December 11th, and just uh, just a little bit here at the Dakota Jazz Club. Tim, tell us a little bit about how the record I Like to Riff came about. Um, well, we, uh, there was a guy named Dougie Ackerman. Sure, I remember Doug. And he was, uh, one of the, one of the, be- one of the nicest guys in the music biz. Absolutely. And, uh, he, uh, got interested in it and Dougie and, uh, Charlie Campbell, who managed Lamont Cranston and had, had started Shadow Records. And Charlie used to book the Caboose for a long time as well. Oh, yeah. And, um, so, uh. We figured out that we could do it as a shadow project, and uh, Tom Lieberman's dad, Steve, put up the cash. Oh, nice! And uh, thanks, Dad. <laughs> I think it was about six thousand bucks, you yeah. know. And That's a lot uh, of money back in seventy. Oh yeah. And we went up uh, and did a Dave Ray's uh, Sweet Jane Studios in Cushing, which is way back in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I'd gone up there and done some other projects with Willie Murphy, and it was a really cool studio. Right. Uh, we got up there and got half the record done in like a weekend. And uh, then it wasn't quite finished. So to finish the record, we took it to um, a studio in, in St. Paul in, in Lower Town. And now my mind's failing right. me. You'll have, to, you'll have to Google that. Okay. Um, Mike McKern and... Uh, can't think of the other uh, uh, engineer, but they did a lot of like what you would call now heavy metal. Or well, Mike McKern ended up with Blackberry Wing, I believe. Was yeah. that was that one of the might have been in the forerunner of that studio? Yeah, because he did a lot of the uh, then the punk uh, rock and roll stuff right. in the late seventies, early eighties here in town. So, so we finished it down there, and uh, 
I don't know how it really all came together, but uh, and a lot of this I didn't have to do with, but talking about the CD, which we are re-releasing and will be out uh, on December 4th. So it's quite, you, people will be able to get uh, yeah. a copy yeah. and a compact disc of the record at the show at the Dakota. Cool. In addition to the uh, the vocals and, and the arrangements of the song, uh, we featured, I think, most of of some of the preeminent jazz players of the day in the Twin Cities who yeah. all went on to have pretty big careers. Butch Thompson, uh, Peter Ostruska, wow. Jim Price. The, so, Who's, was, was Maslow playing bass then, Dave Maslow? No, uh, Gary Rayner played bass. Oh, went on to work with Garrison Keillor for years. And that. before that, he, he, he toured Sammy Davis Jr. Wow. All over the world. Um, so... Um, so I mean, if you listen to the record, the, the the instrumentation that's kind of always on the periphery is is just really beautiful. Right. And I think maybe Tom Lieberman had a lot to do with kind of corralling those different people and and getting them to contribute. And Eddie Berger, sure, Eddie Berger on clarinet and alto saxophone, the best. Hern Gabways playing percussion. I mean, yeah. that was a. It was a unique kind of snapshot of of this scene and the time. And that yeah, exactly. Now, did you when you were you know back then? People don't believe it now, man. You, you run into a kid here at uh, the Minneapolis Media Institute or McDonnelly Smith or at IPR, and you go, you know, back then we would take the LP to figure out the parts and then do the charts, right? So. That didn't take a small amount of time. Tell us about learning those parts and how you actually uh, uh, put that down so your your bandmates can uh, learn and sing it with you. Well, uh, yeah, so you, you know, the story of the drill is like picking up that, that tone arm from the, your LP multiple times or, or turning it down to, to 70 to 45 speed or right. slowing it down. You could turn it down to 16. Right. And then it would be in slow motion and... There are all these different uh, stratagems. This is uh, even before people like uh, Jamie Abersold were, were transcribing solos. Mm-hmm. And, and had uh, their music books, yeah. I mean, we live in a totally different world where so much information is, is available. Well, I and, and I think about Ted Unseth, who and Joe Dimko did a lot of the, the transcribing. Yeah, the Fletcher Henderson big band stuff. Yeah. Like These are things for which no charts existed and they and they, they completely painstakingly like medieval scribes, you know <laughs> <laughs> resurrected all right, this stuff. Right, and, exactly. Medieval scribes, great way of putting it. And well, I remember Tim when I was uh, started to take lessons uh, from you in the late seventies uh, and early eighties. You know, you would uh, do these uh, piano rags by you know guys like Fats Waller and the like, Willie the Lion Smith, and, and you would go through now not only transcribing the notes on the piano, but then you rearrange them for the guitar. That takes a certain amount of genius. Well, it's a it's a painstaking process. Often you you figure out the song first, and then you once you have it figured out, you realize well it would really sound better in another key. Right. So then you have to transpose it all. Can, could you could you play an example of of something like that where you started in this key and then go mm-hmm. oh man this just ain't working. Well, I'll play this is a I'll play this piece from the Nutcracker suite, yeah. which. Uh, this is kind of taking a piano. I, I worked with a, a piano score that would typically, you, a piano would play the pieces so the ballet could be rehearsed. Right. So uh, then I listened to the orchestral score, and between those two things, kind of tried to boil it down. You, you try to find the real bones of the piece. Right. people because you know i'll have to admit sparky i've been bragging about you for years that you're my friend and that uh, uh that i studied with you in fact a lot of those god i bet I, I learned 10 or 15 arrangements from you that i still play 
and um, I don't know if my playing's got any better in three five years, but but I got those down uh, at your knee. But I also tell people, I said the thing about Sparks is really interesting. Is you're the only human being I know that read Finnegan's Way. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about, for those people that have read it or tried to read it, what's the key to that book? Well, a friend of mine uh, from years ago, Jim Kerr, uh, gave me a clue. He said he was really, uh, really drunk one night drinking scotch. And Jim Kerr is Irish. And uh, he said he realized, you know, it's all written in slang. It's all, it's all, no, it's all written phonetically. It's Irish patois phonetically sure. written, with, but using other words. So you have like an overlay of meaning, like an Egyptian hieroglyph. Hmm. And uh, I also uh, got this book by Joseph Campbell called A Skeleton Key to Finnegan's Wake that kind of gives you an outline of it. You know, I mean, Joyce is uh, deep. <laughs> deep. I've been reading uh, Ulysses for about uh, eight months and Ulysses, too, is just incredibly cool book where... Uh, each each chapter is a different hour in one day uh, of this group of people, and he it, it's you know I, I think Joyce is very close to being what a psychedelic experience is hmm. of multiple levels of experience simultaneously being understood and appreciated. You know, one of the reasons why I've always enjoyed hanging out with you and, and Lieberman and Prudence Johnson is is besides the great music, there's a real you know, sense of humor, but a real uh, deep intellect as well. Do you ever uh, regret not not having more time to go to college and study? Because, I mean, I tell people, I said, it takes a lot of energy and time and work just to be moderately successful in the music business, not even to climb the top, just to hang in there. But do you ever wish you had more time to do some of those intellectual pursuits, or do you have time to do it? I, I th- sure. I mean, who doesn't wish they'd done stuff differently <laughs> once they get to a certain age in life and look back? But right, you did what you did, and you did the best you could. You know, right. And um, I guess what I've learned, I've learned it authentically. Right. Well, and you just uh, recently turned sixty-one, fellow Scorpio. Uh, you were born on Halloween, which for those of you that have ever met Sparks, know that it's completely perfect. <laughs> Uh, your stars were aligned. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Tom Lieberman because you two, uh, you know, you you played with Billy Hallquist, two guitars and a singer in that uh, trio you were talking about. But you and Lieberman are two of the best acoustic guitar players in town, and you just you're playing together. You've taken it to a, a new level. Always have. Yeah, I. I uh I really admire Tom's playing, and I think in many ways he's a better guitar player than I am uh, as an all-around player. And uh, in revisiting this material to, to like, relearn it, you know, and, and listening to these tracks for the first time in, in decades, uh, I have a whole different appreciation of what a, what a musical uh, player he is. Well, and when I met Tom, uh, when I moved to town, I did, the reason I moved to Ridgewood Avenue is because the only guy I knew was Tom Lieberman, and he lived up the street. But he was getting into all that 30s and 40s music back then, so by the time you guys hooked up and laid the groundwork for the 30s and 40s vocalist jazz that Rio Nito became well-known for and still are, uh, he had already had a background in that sort of music, as did you, so it must have been, you guys were kind of way ahead of it to start with. Yeah, well, Tom not only was playing into playing blues, uh, he was also, from his family, uh, which were Jewish immigrants, you know, he had this whole understanding of vaudeville, right. and uh, two of the best tracks on the I Like to Riff record are, are things that, they're, they're old, who's the guy, Al Jolson, Right. Tunes. Hannah and Savannah and Shanghai Love. Well, and I think, uh, I think Lebo's uh, grandmother used to sing with the Ted Weems Orchestra. That's right. So he had this very definite connection to that music. Right. Well, t- tell us a little bit about, we've got about a minute left here, about Prudence Johnson and uh, what you learned working with Prudence and how she really was the shining light of the band in a way. Well, she was, and and I mean her her ability, her vocal ability is 
is really obvious and, and well known. Right. Um, Prudence is also a very righteous person, and she always had a strong sense of, of the ethical uh, direction that any situation should take. Right. And uh, I always appreciated that. And, um, you know, what can you say about her? She's just like a force of nature. She's a force of nature. And one of, she has one of the greatest uh, jazz voices, I think, in America. We're going to listen to her and Rio Nito with uh, Timmy Sparks and Tommy Lieberman do a song uh, off I Like to Riff called Crazy People. And we'll have Sparky back in the last set of the Wall Power Radio Hour. Hi, this is Charlie. My dad is Minnesota's wildly popular and handsome radio host, Matt McNeil. Did I say that right, Dad? Perfect! When I got my driver's license, my parents let me drive a Sienna from Rudy Luther Toyota. I love it. It's easy, comfortable, and hauls all my baseball gear. And my parents love the safety. That's why they wanted me in the Sienna. Thanks to Rudy Luther Toyota, my son is safe as he begins his driving adventure. We're a two Sienna family thanks to Rudy Luther Toyota. Visit them today in Golden Valley at 169 and 394. Oh no, you shattered your cell phone. Now what? Listen closely. We know you're lost without your phone. Bring it to Computer Revolution today. We'll fix it and have you back online before someone asks, where are you? Computer Revolution with Cell Phone Repair has over 18 years experience fixing computer devices. All brands, all carriers. Computer Revolution with Cell Phone Repair, located in Roseville at Highway 36 and Fairview Avenue, or call 651-633-6600. We fix phones, same day, seven days a week. Visit the wine bar at Cafe Latte and enjoy a unique handcrafted pizza and glass of wine. The perfect place for an intimate night or an evening with friends. Choices range from spicy Italian sausage and sweet roasted peppers to the one-of-a-kind nacho chicken pizza layered with blue corn tortilla chips. The approachable wine list offers over 30 by the glass with special emphasis on wines from Washington State. End your night with one of Cafe Latte's melt-in-your-mouth desserts. 850 Grand Avenue, St. Paul. The number one source of the Twin Cities gay scene is all digital. Follow Twin Cities gay scene on Facebook and Twitter. Sign up for the Scene Shot email blast for weekly updates and chances to win great prizes. No app is needed to view the bi-weekly web editions of Scene. It's GLBTQ media for the mobile generation. Find it all at TwinCitiesGayScene.com. That's TwinCitiesGayScene.com. Stages Theatre Company is turning 35 years young, and we invite you to join the celebration. Stages is one of the largest and most respected professional theaters for young audiences in the country, serving over 150,000 individuals annually through opportunities on stage, education classes, workshops, and in-school programs. Our most magnificent season is truly that, built with young people, families, and classrooms in mind, and based on beautiful, imaginative, and inspiring books and stories, encouraging young people to dream big, invent big, and invest in curiosity. Charlotte's Web, Mary Poppins Jr., Hidden Heroes, and Willy Wonka are just a few of the exciting productions we're proud to present in the coming season. Come celebrate the magnificence with us all season long. Visit us at stagestheater.org. That's stagestheater.org. You're back with the Wall of Power Radio Hour. This is your host, Paul Metza. My in-studio guest for the entire show is my old friend and one of the greatest guitar players in the world, Tim Sparks. Tim has a reunion of his band with Tom Lieberman and Prudence Johnson of the great group from the mid to late 70s, Rio Nido, that will be on Friday, December 11th at the Dakota Jazz Club downtown. And they're also re-releasing for the first time on Compact Disc, their first record, I Like to Riff. Tell us a little bit about everybody that worked on that record, because I, I remember it was a gorgeous, visually it was a gorgeous thing. The picture of you two, or you three in the back of the car was great. Uh, the musicians were great, but it was really a, a homegrown tour de force project. Yeah, the uh, the design was done by John Hansen, who was famous for doing the record covers for Shadow, but also, if you anybody remembers those wonderful calendars, and posters for the caboose. He did the caboose calendars for years. For years. And uh, lots of stuff for Cats and the Stars. He uh, uh, actually designed several 
projects for me. And uh, but you had tell us to everybody else on that. Cause well, uh, yeah, uh, David Stencil did some of the artwork. Really? Yeah. The fiddle player. Yeah. Wow. And uh, and I see him down at the public library every now and then. I love that guy. Uh, Des Whitstrand and Matt Spector, who was uh, a, a Riverside Cafe cooperative member, uh, right. they did the photography and. We met one afternoon uh, down at the 400 bar and uh, kind of laid all the elements out on the pool table and kind of agreed on a basic concept. And then uh, John <laughs> Hansen put it together. Boy, that's total. That, that is total West Bank. I love it. And and you back then too. Besides um, uh, the great music you guys were singing and, the, and the, bringing those songs back to life, but you had a great kind of visual flair and angle as well. Yeah, we we were kind of into the ret- the retro clothes look, right? To go with the kind of music and. Uh, and Are I'm, you and Lebo going to f- be able to fit into any of those old suits? <laughs> I'm working on that. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on a crash diet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't either from back then. So, we've got two shows at the Dakota: one at seven, uh, one at nine p.m. I highly recommend. Uh, the folks listening to get advanced tickets at the Dakota, the number to call is 612-332-1010. Of course, the Dakota Jazz Club is at 1010 Nicollet Avenue South. Uh, so you're going to play most of the record, I imagine, and, and uh, what other stuff? Well, we'll do a few things that represent things that we as individuals have been pursuing in this, our trajectory uh, in the inter- intervening 30 years. Right. And uh, Tommy will do some of his original music, and I'm going to do a couple instrumentals, and one of them, Tom, will accompany me, and then Prince will also do some some of her new repertoire. Cool. And uh, she had, she did a record uh, called uh, A Girl Named Vincent, uh, which is uh, taking the poetry of, of Edna St. Vincent Millay, I think. Really? And then having different Twin Cities uh, composers set, set it to music. It's wow. a really beautiful record. Prudence's record, uh, where she does the all the Hoagie Carmichael tunes, is one of my favorite records of the last 15 yeah. years. She's just amazing. Now, so then, but a week after that, did you see December 18th? You're at the Bright Link Bowl with the Lieberman. And I think it's Luke? December 19th. It's okay. a Saturday at noon, and uh, we're going to do a, a we're going to do the a, once again a show I did last December. And I'm going to play uh, the selections from the Nutcracker Suite, but they're adapted to this uh, 12-minute uh, Soviet-era cartoon from about 1947 wow. about Christmas. Huh. And uh, it's, a, they, they, it's a beautiful fit, the two different elements together. And so I kind of uh, took the Nutcracker and crafted it into a kind of a soundtrack for the cartoon. Well, tell us a little bit about Luke the Uke. I've been hearing about it for years, but I haven't seen Lieberman put on this show. So give us the folks a little background. What's actually happening with this crazy puppet? Well, Luke Diuk is a, a, an aged mahogany ukulele, and he um, he has different guests every for every show and interviews them, and is also the impresario of the uh, event, which includes... Uh, Music performances, puppetry, and also beautiful film montages that are put together by Mr. Gosh and his assistant. Uh, they, uh, they are, that's one of the best parts of the show. The, hmm. the archives of stuff they dig up, uh, f- from, uh, also mostly historical retro elements of film from the turn of the century, from the beginning of the 20th century through through, through the 60s, mostly. Well, I've, you know, I've had the pleasure of knowing Tom Lieberman since, you know, 1976. Spent a lot of time with him on Ridgewood Avenue uh, over the years and other places. But I've always said, you know, the guy is so amazingly talented on, and, and so many... Um, levels of artistry. I, I always thought he is going to be the Walt Disney in Minneapolis, and he's turning into it. Well, yeah, he's done a lot of interesting projects. I mean, producing the Sweet Lamb movie, yeah, and working all these years with the different uh, uh, children's puppet projects like the Muppets, and uh, and he worked with Garrison Keillor on his show for ten years. That's right. So uh, he's a really uh, extraordinary in all the different 
ways in which he has expressed himself creatively. Yeah, and, uh, and, and an, an amazing guitarist, and we had him on last year when his record came out, Common Denominator. Tim, this has really been a wonderful uh, look back at kind of our times together, the times we spent on the West Bank, and uh, my time watching not only Rio Nito, but you as individuals progress artistically over the years, and in terms of, hey, we forgot, we forgot about Mama D's. Was that the name of it? Which one? Over over in Dinky Town. You guys used to play there too. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. 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 Them, um, bootlegger Sam's. Bootlegger Sam's. Yeah. yeah. Doug Maynard used to play there. Yeah. Rio used to play there. Oh yeah. I, I used to be so there. afraid to go get our check at the end of the night, and then the guy would always say, "Yeah, well, you want to you want to wait next month." You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's still like that, unfortunately. <laughs> hey Tim, tell us about where uh, people can track down Tim Sparks' music. Well. Uh, it's a lot of it's available from a from a from a guy in Czechoslovakia who uh, puts it all up for free. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> you can uh, you can get it from uh, iTunes. Uh, buy it, please, folks. Please buy it. Yeah, you can uh, records are electric fetus locally or uh, the um, and you have links at TimSparks.com. Yes. So uh, whatever your favorite music venue for purchasing music, you'll be able to find my. My, also, my records on Zodic and Acoustic Music Records and so We'll forth. check it out. Tim, why don't you play us out here? Thanks for being a guest on the Wall of Power Radio. Tim Sparks, ladies and gentlemen. your host, Paul Metza. Our guest in studio all day, we'd like to thank. He's playing right now the great acoustic guitarist, Tim Sparks. The show was produced by myself, engineered by Brad Knaber, and recorded at the Minneapolis Media Institute. Follow us online at wallofpowerradio.com. Our webmaster is Brent Sari from Range Computing in Virginia, Minnesota. Like us on Facebook at Wall of Power Radio Hour. We hope you are enjoying the Thanksgiving weekend. And like my daddy used to tell me, remember to be kind and make someone happy.